More than 90% of new physicians coming into the job market received at least 10 job solicitations and face a much different employment dynamic than their older physician predecessors. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter with the Chicago Tribune, and joining me today is Kurt Mosley. Kurt is Vice President of Business Development for Merritt Hawkins & Associates, the largest permanent physician search and consulting firm in the country with more than two decades in the business. Mr. Mosley has written widely on healthcare staffing issues for publications such as Trustee Magazine, U.S. News & World Report, USA Today, Modern Healthcare Magazine, among many other publications. He also speaks across the country to medical societies, state hospital associations, and many other trade groups. He's a graduate of California State University Fullerton, where he spent many years playing professional baseball after he graduated. He currently resides in Dallas, Texas, which is the home of Merritt Hawkins, and he joins us today from Dad's offices in Dallas, Texas. Kurt Mosley, welcome to ReachMD. Well, thank you, Bruce. It's good visiting with you again. Well, so tell us about this. I mean, you have Merritt Hawkins analyzed. You are the, the biggest physician consulting firm in the country, and you analyze a lot of data, and you have some interesting things you're going to tell us about, about this new dynamic that doctors coming out of medical school and out of their residencies are facing as opposed to their forebearers, if you will. Sure. Well, Bruce, I think one of the most important things is that Obviously, the current physician shortage in America, and and that could be debated all day long, but many state medical societies, the AMA, have now confirmed that we do have this shortage. So like blue-chip athletes, new doctors are subject of intense recruitment efforts, and over 90% had 10 or more, and even up to, if you look at our survey, about 34% of of all specialties had over 50 or more practice opportunities. So those are intense competition. There's not enough doctors to go around to fill all these available openings. And the difference is also they've been recruited more heavily than their predecessors. And I would look at that as their baby boomer physicians. And they, the baby boomers were a little different. They had to come out and find a job, maybe look for the right opportunity where these these new uh, residents are just, they're, they're getting hit on day in and day out. And that's probably a good thing for the physician, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But it, it also could be very confusing. When you're in your last year of your residency, you're trying to figure out what you're going to do, where you're going to live, and you have all these different people pulling you different ways saying, do you want to go to this state, that state? And if I could do just a brief story about it, a doctor called me just recently and said, I'm a new resident, I'm coming out, I want to move to Hawaii. And I said, well, you don't need me, you need a travel agent. And he said, what do you mean by that? And I said, well, tell me what you want in a practice style. He wanted a high pay, no hassle, turnkey operation, minimal... uh, administrative care, and most importantly, low indigent care. And I said, doctor, you just described your dream location to live, but your nightmare practice opportunity, because a lot of these doctors don't investigate the opportunities very well. In Hawaii, it's just the opposite. There's a lot of indigent care. The pay is not very high. The cost of living is astronomical. So they need, although they're getting a lot of opportunities, they need to investigate them thoroughly. And how do you advise them to go about this? I mean, especially, uh, let's face it, a lot of physicians coming out of medical school and coming out of residency, they're not really all that business savvy to begin with because they've been, they take care of patients. They're, they're in the clinic. They're studying. They're focused on their job most of the time. How do you advise them in the job market that they should go into and what should they be prepared to deal with? Well, if I could quote one of the doctors I recently surveyed, he told me, he said, Kurt, I'm ready for the practice of medicine, but not the business of medicine. So what you really have to do is ask them what they want in a practice style. What we mean by that is, 
Is it an employment opportunity? Is it a turnkey operation where they just go in and practice medicine? What is the call coverage that's available? Do they have to take call on nights, on weekends? Do they have to practice share with other physicians? Do they have to share some of the overhead with other physicians? Are they working under a non-compete agreement? These are all topics that take many hours to discuss. As a matter of fact, we have a website called newphysician.com. If any of the doctors listening would like to go there, it's free to go there, and it, it discusses these issues and how to evaluate them. But it's not necessarily location, location, location with our doctors now. Bruce, it's lifestyle, lifestyle, lifestyle. And how is that lifestyle going to fit into their ability to raise a family and simultaneously practice medicine. Now, are you successful in getting them the right match? I mean, let's face it, you know, if you're talking about a doctor who wants to come out and and have the best paying patients when the number of uninsured is rising and the regulatory environment is what it is, it's, it's very difficult, isn't it? it? It is, but we can find them the right practice. The trouble is, Bruce, it may not be in the right location for them. And again, as we say, there are many areas throughout the country that rural tertiary and urban areas that are short of doctors, but it may not be in the, in the perfect location for them, but we usually can find them in the right practice style. And that's, that's what keeps a doctor in a community if he's happy practicing medicine. Too many you know, doctors go to a community because of you know, a view on the ocean or on the lake or in, in the mountains. And it, when it comes back to it, they say, I love living here. I just hate practicing medicine. And then there's turnover. And that's very frustrating for both whoever's employing them and the doctor themselves. And the other thing, if you're a doctor who wants an ocean view or you want an urban environment, what you would probably find is is that if you were to go into a less populated area, you're not going to have to deal with the competition and you would probably have a better chance of making more money. Wouldn't that be the case? In, in some cases. In fact, some of the highest salaries in all specialties we see throughout the nation are in the Midwest, which, and I sure hate to say that for people that are practicing in the Midwest, but it's just we always call them the flyover states because when you're going from coast to coast, you fly over them. But in a lot of cases, yes. I mean, you can make inherently more money. And, and I think most importantly, Bruce, you can be sort of the white knight. You come into town and you're instantly, you know, a, a hit. People need, you know, health care all over America, especially in some of these semi-rural and rural areas. And you can ride in like the white knight, you know, and save the town. And a, you know, a lot of our doctors just say that's the practice that they want. They want that reward of medicine, which is taking care of patients and not having to deal with the paperwork, the hassles, the solicitations, the government intervention. And what do you see? I see here on the survey where it does say only 4% of doctors surveyed by Merritt Hawkins said they would prefer to practice in communities of 25,000 people or less. What do you find uh, that the hospitals out there or or how do you work as a recruiting agency? How do you dangle the carrot in front of these doctors to get them to go to these places? Well, certainly the comment you just said, Bruce, is it doesn't bode well for our doctors or our patients in those communities. Many times we don't ever believe in buying a practice, but the incentive has to be out there. As a matter of fact, I talked to a CEO we were dealing with in the Midwest. It was a tiny, tiny town, and the doctor had passed away, and he came up with a salary that was about 20% higher than any I'd heard. And I thought, boy, that's a very enticing salary. And he said, Kurt, have you ever been here? And I said, no, to the administrator, I hadn't. And he said, I said, why? And he said, well, it's not the end of the world. He said, but you can almost see it from here. So <laughs> in, a, in a lot of areas, you have to increase that monetary incentive to get the doctor to go look there. And also, what's important, a lot of our doctors are coming out very high in debt because of their medical education. So a lot of these smaller communities have wised up and said, let's go ahead and pay off that medical school debt, free them of that, but at the same time, we will do that over a period of time for every year they stay. We'll pay off the whole debt, but for every year we stay, we'll forgive their indebtedness to us 25% per year on every year they stay or you know, 33%, whatever the computation is. So 
they're saying, come to our community, you'll be debt-free, you won't have to worry about money, and you know, you deal with, do what you were trained for, which is uh, take care of patients. Kurt, if you will, you're talking about in these rural markets and so forth where a doctor might not get the whole lifestyle amenities that he's used to, he or she is used to, but there are other perks such as, you know, perhaps helping pay the debt of, of the loans and so forth, and also, you know, the pay could be higher. What about urban areas? I mean, what are there challenges in recruiting doctors to urban areas as well, and what are they facing now that they didn't coming out of medical school a couple of decades ago? Well, in our urban areas, and this is sort of stabilized and maybe even changed over the last two to three months, but I, uh, Bruce, I have to think it, it comes back. We've heard so much recently about the economy and just this you know, whole crazy run in the stock market, but in our urban areas, like especially around the, the Bay Area in San Francisco, they were finding challenges recruiting doctors of you know under 55, say primary care doctors, into the area because those doctors hadn't amassed a lot of wealth yet and couldn't even afford a down payment due to the you know the high cost of living in, in the state of California and especially around urban areas. In a lot of cases, it's hard for them to find a mortgage, and some of the hospitals help them with zero mortgages or loan down payments. So those are some of the challenges as well as. Once they get into a, a city, there's just more competition, and it's hard to define your practice style in, the, in those major metropolitan areas. You know, we always tell doctors, too, regardless of the setting, urban, Bruce, or rural, we always look at it and say, don't, don't try to picture what's going to be popular in five or six years, but go in. You know, there's enough hassles in medicine, whether it be in urban or rural, with paperwork, with malpractice. There's enough hassles there. Take it from the standpoint of what do you want to do in medicine? Do you want to take care of people from the top to the bottom? That's primary care. Do you want to be a specialist? So choose the profession that's most rewarding for you, not what you think is going to be the most financial viable or maybe the geographically viable because you won't be happy. Another thing in this Merritt-Hawkins survey, and you guys are among the experts in this arena and surveying doctors, I see that in addition only 1% of physicians surveyed said they would prefer a solo practice. Is that just becoming an impossible task for a doctor to be a solo practitioner? Absolutely. I mean, there's strength in numbers. I mean, the days of new doctors hanging out their shingle and solo practices are over. Most of our new doctors coming out, as I mentioned earlier, they want to focus on seeing patients, not running a practice. They don't want to have to get licenses, you know, set up situations where they're in charge of utilities. That's just, you know, like I said, those, those days are over. I think as we get more and more into the next couple of years, depending on what the economy does, I think there's going to be larger and larger group practices, and the solo practices will almost cease to exist. And in effect, these folks that are coming out of medical school and their residency, excuse me, they're just going to work for somebody else like you and I. Absolutely. Absolutely. But there's some benefits. In a lot of cases, when you go into an employment opportunity, it could be within a group or in a state that allow it. Certain states do not allow hospitals to employ physicians. It's called the corporate practice of medicine doctrine. You would be employed. Nobody can tell you how to practice medicine, but they can tell you the hours you need to work, call coverage in some cases. But the benefits are it's a set dollar amount. It's, it can be a salary. It could be a salary with a production bonus. And most importantly, Bruce, in our high malpractice states, their malpractice premiums taken care of in that employment model. So that's a huge burden off some of these doctors that want to live in states that Still haven't had medical liability reform, but again, it's a benefit to them because that is picked up under that employment opportunity. And a lot of our younger doctors coming out, if they set up their practice, as you mentioned, solo, had to pay everything, had to hire new help, new office space, 
and pay the malpractice premium, uh, they'd probably, you know, it'd, it'd probably be hard to make a living first couple, three years. Yeah, I noticed in the survey you talk about how the majority, 61% of physicians would prefer to be employed by a medical group or a hospital. That would have been unheard of by some older doctors probably 20 years ago. The last thing they would want to do was work for a hospital. Absolutely. They wanted doctors wanted to be autonomous. They wanted to be their own, you know, their own bosses. And what, what also is very unique, what you bring that up, Bruce, is that it is our new doctors, but also it's some of our older doctors that have had it, our baby boomers, as we discussed earlier. They're frustrated to have had all these years of government intervention, paperwork, cutbacks. They're actually going to groups or to a hospital and say, I have been a you know, solo practitioner for years. Employ me. I'll be allegiant to you. I'll do what you want. But I've had it. So it's not just our young doctors coming out. It's our middle-aged doctors, and not just primary care. It's specialists also that are coming back to the hospitals and the groups and asking to be employed. And before we wrap up, is there also more of a trend? Are more doctors going locum tenens, the temp doctor, if you will? Absolutely. And that comes from, uh, we actually have a recent survey, and you can go to our staff care site to see a 2008 recruitment trends in, in locum tenens. But we see probably about 2 or 3% of our newer doctors over 2007 that are going to a locums model, mainly because Again, they don't know what they want yet in a practice style or a lifestyle. So this is a way for them to experience different practice settings, different locations, without a commitment, without having to move the family. And also in that model, when they do work in a locums environment, usually their cost of living is taken care of, as well as their malpractice premium, which is a big deal, especially with our doctors coming out that have to start making payments on that burden of that medical loan over their shoulders. Well, with that, I'd like to thank our guest, Kurt Mosley. He's the Vice President of Business Development for Merritt Hawkins & Associates, the largest physician search and consulting firm in the country. And we've been talking about the new challenges facing physicians as they come out of residency and they hit the job market much, much different than their predecessors faced uh, 10 and even 20 years ago. I'm Bruce Japson of the Chicago Tribune. I've been your host, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, a channel for medical professionals. And I'd like to thank you today for listening.